Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. Very glad to be with you. My name is Kevin Clark, and I'm along here with my friend and colleague, the preacher at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto. And uh, we've been working together for quite some time. I guess this is 101 since the I last one so. was 100. And so we're very thankful for this opportunity. Very thankful for the audience and your interest in the Bible. And that's all we're doing here. We're talking about what the Bible says, what the Lord is teaching us through his inspired word. And uh, we feel like that's been very profitable and appreciate all the encouragement that we get. Some of that's online. Some of that's in person from our members here. Or sometimes we'll go other places, other congregations, oh, right. and we'll have people say things about it. So we just appreciate that so very much. We appreciate our two deep Deacons here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, are always with us to help us uh, put on this podcast, and we appreciate them and their families for lending their talents to the program. We always start out with a few introductory comments, and those are mine. Brother Hutto, you have anything? Well, I just want to pick up on the idea that, you know, we're just studying from the Word. We just uh, open up the Word. We're looking at the Sermon on the Mount right now. I thought about the 119th Psalm. Mm -hmm. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right. So if we want to know how to go and how to live our lives and live in a way that's pleasing to God is also satisfying to us is, as well. It is, it is. But our aim primarily is to please God. Well, right. we look into the we look into the Word, right. and uh, we can you know, people can give their opinion what they think is right or this or that. But that's no substitute for looking into the Word of God, learning from that how we ought to walk and live our lives so that we can please God and. You know, we're looking forward to that day when we'll be in glory Amen. with Him. And Amen. so this this will lead us in that direction, lead us in that way. And so that's why we put so much importance on the study of the Word. Absolutely. I couldn't help but think about Paul, 1 Timothy 4, 8, talking about Godliness having the promise of the life that now is and the, the life that is to come. And you're right, the best life to be lived on this side of the grave is one lived in accordance with God's principles. And ultimately, it's going to lead us to eternal fellowship with God. So what a wonderful opportunity we have. And so we'll continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we're going to focus on three verses, verses 19 through 21, uh, a concept that's very familiar with us about not laying up treasures on earth but doing so in heaven so let's read that new king james version here do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. So this is Jesus giving us some more teaching about the kind of citizens who populate his kingdom. And he gives some instructions. And I love these instructions because it's a little different slant on why we should be spiritually minded. It's a very practical appeal. He says, look, there are two ways you can approach life. You can approach life as an earthly minded person, or you can approach life as a spiritually minded person. He says, let's walk that out. If you approach life as an earthly minded person, in other words, you're putting a lot of stock and a lot of effort into earthly things. He says, there's a problem with that. He said, things here are insecure. First of all, over time, uh, things wear out. He says, moth wears out our clothes. Uh, the rust uh, wears out the equipment and things that we use. And I don't think he's limited to that. It's the idea that over time, things run down. You think about the things that we buy, the bright, new, shiny car, uh, the new, shiny plate, uh, knife, whatever it is, over time, 
these things dull, these things fade, these things are not as effective. Time gets them all. And then he makes the second point of insecurity when it comes to things here. He said people can break in and steal those things, right? So why would you spend all of your time and all of your effort and all of your energy into these things that are so insecure? On the other hand, if you're a spiritually minded person, you're investing in your spiritual destiny. He says, here's the difference. There, there is no moth and rust that destroy those things over time or wear them out. He said there aren't going to be any thieves who break in and steal. So it's a very practical appeal. If you've got to spend your life pursuing one of these two options, being earthly minded or being spiritually minded, he says it's an easy choice because if you invest in spiritual things, that's a protected investment. If you protect in earthly things, that is an inherently insecure, unprotected investment. On the basis of that, you need to go after the spiritual because he makes this point at the end, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. The things that you value the most, the things you spend the most time on, the things you talk about, the things that your mind naturally drifts towards, the things that you spend the most money. Now, if you want to know what's most important in your life, open up your checkbook. Look at your time. Look at where you're spending it. Look at what you think about. Those things will be a telltale sign. And, and the question the Lord is asking, are those things spiritual or are those things earthly? Right. Well, it's interesting, and you brought this out at the sort of toward the end of your comments, verse twenty-one, where mm -hmm. you, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You know, mm -hmm. we we know how important the heart is in our relationship with God. I mean, we've tried to emphasize that from the beginning. Blessed right. are the pure in heart, right. for they shall see God. And so Jesus says, you know, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Right. And so the heart is of crucial importance. And so where our heart is, mm -hmm. where our true interest is is uh, super important in our Absolutely. relationship with God. And it, Absolutely. It's, it's interesting how Jesus teaches, isn't it? There, there are two ways. Uh -huh. It's yeah. either this way right. or that right. way. Right. There are two men. Yeah. Here's a guy that right. did right. Here's a guy right. that did wrong. Yep. And here are two places where you can put your That's heart. Right. That's you can right. put it here or you can put it there. Yep. And so just that contrast of mm -hmm. these two ways or two approaches to life, it's very common in Jesus. And so and what that does is that... that Suggest to us there is no middle way. Exactly, you got to make a no choice. These two. Way. Yeah, it's either here or here. That's right. Now, where is your heart? Right. It's wherever your treasure is. Uh -huh. So, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so, uh, we want to make sure that we get our heart right. You're not going to go to heaven if you don't have the right kind of heart. Absolutely, it's as simple as that. That's exactly. And so, we right. want to make sure that our heart is right, and where our heart is, our treasure is, where our treasure is, that's where our heart's going to be. And I think sometimes we may be too narrow in this passage and think, well, we're just talking about people that are going after riches and wealth and financial. It's much broader than that. It's just the whole idea of being earthly minded. And uh, that contrast is found throughout the New Testament, earthly minded being versus spiritually minded. I thought about several passages that come to mind, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now listen to this. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So there we're told if you've been risen with Christ in baptism, you're a member of the Lord's church, you need to set your mind on spiritual things, on heavenly things where God is, as opposed to earthly things. And then you contrast that to Philippians chapter 3, and you see the consequences of having this different frame of mind. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Brethren, join and follow my example, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I've told you often, now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies 
enemies of the cross of Christ. So let's listen to how these enemies of the cross of Christ are described. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. And listen to this, who set their mind on earthly things. But then he pivots and says, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is this contrast between being spiritually minded and earthly minded, seeking after heavenly things and earthly things. And so don't limit it to just uh, wealth. I mean, it could be fame. It could be pleasure. It could be the indulgences of the flesh. And you know, the thing you think about 1 John 2, 15 through 17, don't love the world of things in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes are the pride of life. So it's a much broader thing. And we got to be careful that those are not the things that we are personally invested in. Those are the things that we're pursuing. We want to be really, and we'll talk about it later, Matthew 6, 33, folks who seek first the kingdom of mm -hmm. God. The most important thing to us is the will of God, that that will be done, that that will be vindicated, that that will be spread, that that will be shared. And so we've got to make sure we are laying up treasures in heaven. And I'll tell you, Brother Hutter, one of the things that makes that difficult is all of our senses are attuned to this mm -hmm. world, right? So you don't see spiritual things. You don't hear spiritual things in the sense of, you know, you don't hear a spirit. Uh, you don't touch it. You don't taste it. All of these senses are geared to the physical existence. And yet, we have to have this enriched, robust spiritual existence to be pleasing to God. And we know that comes through the eyes of faith. Right. You're able to see beyond what physical sight will give you. For without faith, it's possible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and there's a reward of those who diligently seek him, Hebrews 11, 6. So in order for us to be spiritually minded, we're going to have to look beyond this life. We're going to have to look beyond the obvious, and we do that by faith. Faith comes by the word of God, the word of God, hearing by the word of God. So we're going to have to build our spiritual sight through building our faith, and that's going to help us lay those treasures in heaven like God says we should. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is another passage mm -hmm. that came to mind. Verse 17, momentary light affliction is producing yeah. for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things that are mm -hmm. seen, mm -hmm. but at things that are not seen. Right. For the things which are seen are temporal, moth and rust, yep. uh, decay, thieves yep. break through and steal. But things that are not seen are eternal. Right. And so this is, and it, this is, he says this in an interesting way. We look at things that are not seen. Uh -huh. how, do, how do you look at something you can't see? <laughs> right. Well, with the eyes of faith, faith just what it. you said that's a moment right. ago. Yeah. We see these things with our faith. Right. And so we see the glory of heaven with our faith. You know, we see God in, with our eyes of faith. We see Christ at his right hand. We right. see those who have gone before that's right. with the eyes of faith. And so we're laying up treasure in heaven right. uh, through faith even though That's we don't it. see it right. at this point right we we still have every conviction that it exists and we're doing everything we can to lay up treasure there in matthew 13 mm -hmm. and I'll, go ahead matthew 13 mm -hmm. jesus he's talking about the parable of the sower and explaining mm -hmm. the parable of the sower and some seed fell on the thorny ground you right. remember right and that represented mm -hmm. um you know, the gospel being taught mm -hmm. by someone who becomes so caught up in yeah. the the things of this world that it, right. it chokes out the opportunity for the word to, to grow and bear fruit. But Amen. verse 22 says, the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word. Mm -hmm. The worry of the world, the deceitfulness of wealth, mm -hmm. choke the word and becomes unfruitful. Right. So that idea, the deceitfulness of wealth. Right, right. So Jesus says, lay up treasure in heaven, not mm -hmm. on the earth. Is it possible for us to think mm 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing when I'm not really doing that. Mm-hmm. That we're being deceived mm-hmm. in yeah. some way That's a good regarding point. the wealth that we have. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. It can get a hold of us, and we don't realize how much it is. And we may be in a position like the rich young ruler. Yeah. If we were faced with the choice of having to put these things away and following the Lord, we may fail that choice. So we do have to be careful that we put our trust in God. Remember, Paul tells Timothy, First Timothy six, to teach those who are rich to not to trust in uncertain riches, but to trust in the living God. And so we want to make sure that we don't put a lot of stock and look at my bank account and look how firm and look at my house and look at all that I have and this great job and I'm set for life. No, 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 no. I'm looking at God who's taking care of us, who's going to make sure these things can come and these things can go. I'm not guaranteed these things, but God does guarantee right. me that if I serve him, I'll be taken care of. Matthew 6, 33. Right. So here at Oak Mountain, we studied recently the, the story of the rich fool yes, in Luke chapter yes, 12. Yes. And he did exactly the same, the right. thing that you're, that you're talking about. Right. Jesus leads into that story by saying, not even when one has an abundance does his mm-hmm. life consist of his possessions. Mm-hmm. He told him a parable. The land of a rich man was very productive. He began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear, tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. I'll say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you've prepared? So he was deceived, wasn't he? He was, he was. His riches had deceived him. Mm -hmm. He thought that he had, you know, plenty of material things. For years to come, he was going to be provided for and taken care of, right. but but he was deceived mm-hmm. by those riches because the story goes, this night your soul is required, Amen. and now who is all that stuff going to belong to? Absolutely. And so we've got to really, I think, be careful. I think that's uh, uh, pretty easy for oh, yeah. us to do Absolutely. is to kind of slip into that way of thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm provided for, I've mm-hmm. got it. Uh, I've got what I need, or I'm not provided for. Don't have what I need. You know what? Right. Just that the the deception that our whole life depends on material things, and we just can't afford to think that way. Absolutely. One of the things that scares me is a passage found in Romans chapter eight, verses five through eight, because it tells us just how important it is to be spiritually minded as opposed to earthly minded, caught up in these things that you've been talking about. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal, this is very strong, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's a strong statement there. If we are carnally minded people, God is telling us, you cannot serve me. You can't please me the way I want to be pleased. So we've got to constantly examine ourselves and make sure we don't get caught up in these things. And it's easy to do, and we need to have this that reveals the thoughts and the intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12, to examine ourselves periodically and make sure we're not too comfortable. We're not too cozy with the material things of the world. We want to be spiritually minded people. And, you know, sometimes, uh, Bob, I even check myself with some of my hobbies and things that I'm enjoying. And they're not things that are intrinsically evil or wrong, but there are things that can capture my imagination, capture my affections to the exclusion of spiritual things. They can become idols, right? Right. So we want to make sure that we constantly bring ourselves back to spiritual mindedness. Things like Bible study help that. Things like prayer help that. 
coming to the assembly of the churches helped that, going to gospel meetings, going to Bible studies, things like this, being around spiritually minded people. These are things we need to keep us in the proper spiritual frame of mind. So you you made reference to 1 Timothy chapter 6 a moment Mm -hmm. ago, verse Mm -hmm. 17. Instruct those who are rich. Now, there Mm -hmm. are some some people that have a lot of material things. They're rich. They're very well off. And there's not anything wrong with that. He doesn't say, you know, you're... You're condemned because you're rich. Right. But he tells them how to think and what to do with their Mm -hmm. wealth. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited Mm -hmm. or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who who richly supplies us. Remember, God is the one who's given you these things. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share. Here's an idea similar to the one we're talking about from Matthew 6 storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold oh, of the life, life which is yeah. life indeed. Mm-hmm. And so, is it inherently wrong to be well off financially? No, no. Mm-hmm. no. Right. But we need to think about those things in right. the right way. That's Remember, right. this is God's blessing. That's right. This is what He has given you. And take care of your family and your obligation, but be generous, mm-hmm. be ready to share. Don't set your hope on those things like we've said. They're here today, gone tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so and so we live in a an affluent culture. Nothing wrong with that if we think about it in the right way and handle it in the right way. You know, I, I couldn't help but think, you know, with our kids a lot of times and certain occasions will come up and they, they get gifts and they're so enamored with the gift and they forget about the giver of the gift. Right. And I think that's the same thing for us. We're a little too enamored sometimes with the gifts that God has given to us and we forget the important part is the one who gave us that gift, and that's right. God himself. That's right. So we hope that uh, this lesson has been very uh, well received. We do need to be careful that we are laying up treasures in heaven, not on earth. Let's be spiritually minded. Let's not be earthly minded because our ability to please God is dependent upon the frame of mind that we have. And we, we do live in the world. We have to deal with you know some of the issues that the world is. We can't create our own separate communities and be amongst ourselves, but we can be in the world and not of the world. We can be in the world and be separate from the world, and that's what we have to strive to do constantly looking for these cues like cues from the bible cues from prayer cues from church assemblies that are going to have us thinking about spiritual uh, things one of the things i really love about coming to the assembly and i love it more and more is sometimes i do feel like i get caught up in what's going on around me but when i come to the assembly it brings me back to the things that really matter, yeah. spiritual things. And yeah. we want to be spiritually minded right. people. That's well, with right. that being said, let's bring it to a close here. And as always, we want to end our podcast with a word of prayer. I'll ask Brother Hutto to do that for us. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the opportunity to open your word and to study it. We're thankful that we have access to it, that we can read it and, and understand it. We're thankful that you've made it clear to us what your will is that we can uh, abide by your will, that we can please you by doing your will. Father, this evening we're especially uh, mindful of the two ways that are set before us. Help us to see those two ways clearly. The two ways being laying up treasure on earth or laying up treasure in heaven. Help us, Father, to see that clearly and to make the deliberate choice to lay up treasure in heaven. We live in the world and we have to deal with the things of this world and we ask you to supply us what we need as far as this world's material things are concerned. We pray that you'll provide for us day by day, that you'll give us each day our daily bread. And Father, if we have more than that, if we have more than enough, we pray, Father, that we'll have opportunity to to give to those who have less, that we'd be generous and uh, willing to give and to share as 
you've instructed us in in the scriptures and so father we are, are uh, we, we ask you to continue to provide for us but help us father not to set our hope on the uncertainty of riches or to lay up treasure on earth our heart is in heaven and help us to lay up treasure in heaven by doing your will and so father help us day by day as we go through life that we do the little things that will help us lay up treasure in heaven that we'll be devoted to the study of your word that we'll spend time in prayer and in worship and in meditation thinking about our relationship with you and what you would have us to do help us father to take the good news of the gospel to others and bring them in so that they too might have treasure in heaven and come to glorify you. Our Father, once again, we pray for your help, for your patience, and for your guidance in all of these things. And uh, help us, Father, to uh, negotiate the temptations of life successfully so that we might enjoy glory with you throughout eternity. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.